This is Gotham TV Podcast, episode 100, about Gotham. Season 3, episode 21, Destiny Calling. I'm David Mazuz, and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast. Welcome back, Gothamites, to this, our 100th episode. Yes, we are here talking all about Gotham Season 3, Episode 21, uh, with a fitting title, Destiny Calling. Yes, this is our 100th episode of talking and chatting and looking at, discussing, reviewing Gotham. Who would have thought back in 2014, Mm -hmm. uh, when we started going through Gotham Central Comics, which we thought would form the basis of this uh, series that we would still be here a mm-hmm. um, hundred episodes later talking about Gotham with the experiences, uh, the interviews, the conventions that, and the friends and listeners that we've made Absolutely. from doing this. Um, and speaking of friends and listeners uh, who have been involved with us, whether it is giving um, some introductions to to all the listeners through the the opening credits uh, of of our podcast, or it's those really um, fantastic listeners who leave us feedback, send in their thoughts, and it really adds to the richness of the podcast Absolutely. and the community that we have uh, over on our Facebook page on at Gotham TV Podcast uh, Groups. So thank you so much to everyone who has contributed in. The, the last hundred episodes of Gotham. Uh, we can't thank you enough. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Huge thank you to everybody. And um, just by the way, I'm one of your hosts, Derek, and that's our other host, and I'm John. John. Hi. Um, we left today because it's our hundredth episode, so we hoped you'd know who we are. Um, we have moved address. We've moved to a new country, which is if you've watched us on YouTube before, you've noticed our room is slightly different uh, this time. Um, but the benefit of that is that in a couple of weeks' time, when Gotham starts coming out in the in North America on the twenty first of September, we're going to be covering Gotham at the North American pace. At a little. Uh, reward for us getting to a hundred episodes now. Absolutely, and um, we're a little rough and ready this time. Um, doing it on the on the hoof, handheld, as you can see, yeah. relaxing in in the armchair um, or sofa, I should say, <laughs> with a, a pipe, armchair. with a Labrador. No, 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 hang on, that's that's getting a bit odd. Um, yeah, uh, so I think we have a few uh, messages that we would like to play. Um, Derek, yeah, we take certain, it away. We certainly do. Yeah. And first up is a message from Drew Powell. This is Drew Powell, Butch from Gotham. Congratulations on 100 episodes to Gotham TV Podcast. Keep up the good work, boys. Thanks so much for that, Drew. That's really nice of you. Absolutely. He has been introducing our podcast for 50 episodes since we interviewed him for episode 50 of the podcast. So nice to him. So nice of him to send in the message to us, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, we, the boys, uh, certainly will hopefully uh, carry on the, and keep up the good work uh, with Gotham. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Thank you so much for the message. Yes, we are so rough and ready that we forgot our headphones. Um, <laughs> so, um, yes, we didn't just per, uh, grow a pair of uh, earphones. Um, yes. Some slight bit of editing may have gone on, which is one of the wonders <laughs> of podcasting, of course. It's pretty awesome. Um, 
But yes, we have finally listened to Drew Powell's message. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had heard it, obviously, previously, and it absolutely great uh, to hear his voice um, and the richness uh, that he brings. He certainly um, has a good richness to his voice for podcasting. And so, yeah, we can't thank him enough for all the the openings to Gotham TV podcast that he's been involved with through giving his his brief little opener for us uh, those many moons ago. Absolutely. And the three interviews we did with him, one for episode 50, one over at Heroes Villains Fan Fest in London that we did, and the uh, one where I forgot to record all of his answers uh, on the first interview that we did. Yeah, so he's done three. So we're keeping up a good tradition of technical snafus uh, when it comes to all things... uh, Butch Gilzea. Absolutely. And, and Drew Powell, yes, of course. Of course. But um, thank you, Drew Powell. Thank you very much for that kind message. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Another very familiar voice uh, for our next message from uh, Chris over at uh, Defenders TV Podcast, yes. our, our other podcast. Our sister podcast. What's up, fellow Gothamites and detectives? This is Chris from Defenders TV Podcast, and I'm just quickly leaving a quick voicemail so to wish my fellow Defenders podcast host, but of course your Gotham hosts, a happy 100 episodes because you cannot have Batman, you cannot have Gotham, you cannot have Jim Gordon without Derek and John because what would be the point? Who who would break down every episode to the minuscule details that is, and more importantly, should be seen by every Gotham fan? So guys, congratulations You've reached the 100 mark. Here's to another 100. And, of course, other Gotham fans, if you're interested, we have Defenders TV podcast over on the same the channel. Just pop over and listen. It's all the Marvel stuff. Come over. Come, come on. Come on. I'm not trying to steal you, but come, come, come. Guys, congratulations, and I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Thanks so much, Chris. Yeah, thank you, Chris. Yeah, a bit of cross-pollination, I think, between uh, Marvel and DC is always good. Yeah, I've never been one for boundaries, so... Yes, come join us on Defenders TV Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and Defenders, come over to Gotham and join us on Gotham TV Podcast. Absolutely, yeah. I think we've, we're up to about 117 episodes over there as well. So we've got, uh, got a fair few episodes over there, all with Chris, uh, one of our fellow co-hosts. Thanks so much, Chris, for sending the message. Uh, one of our favourite listeners uh, who's been with us for the last couple of seasons, Claire, um, who sent in tons of feedback, was one of the providers of one of our competition prizes for uh, for this year and did an interview with us for um, for DC World, has sent us in some feedback as well, sent us in some thoughts for the 100th episode. Happy 100th episodes of Gotham TV podcast and not a wrinkle in sight. As a huge fan of Gotham, your discussions have made the show even more enjoyable. Your podcasts are an invaluable extension of the DC universe. As always, you are both fair and honest in how you review the episodes. Many thanks for reading out the feedback I have left you over the seasons. So out of five, I would give you both five Jervis Tet newspaper top hats out of five. Many thanks. Virtual hugs to you both. Claire. Thank you so much, Claire. Virtual hugs back, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Five Jarvis Tetch newspaper top hats out of five. I can absolutely live with that. Loving Jarvis Tetch. Thank you so much, Claire, for those kind words. And uh, it's always great to get your feedback. Um, you know, you say that we add stuff to uh, the Gotham TV show in terms of what we look at and how we review, but also I think 
listeners leaving a voicemail, sending in an email, coming over and sharing thoughts on, on the Facebook group uh, like you do um, really adds to the richness of how we podcast and the whole thing uh, about Gotham. So uh, keep it up for another 100 episodes, Claire. <laughs> it has been an absolute pleasure, obviously, with all of the listeners. Definitely great to get their feedback. And especially, Claire, thank you so much for all of your uh, all of your thoughts. Uh, I don't think you've missed an episode this season, uh, as far as I remember. Sending in, sending in your thoughts, which is always great because it kind of adds an extra voice to, um, to what we talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Our next bit of feedback comes from another listener, uh, Annalise. Hey, guys. It's Annalise here. Just wanting to congratulate you on your 100th episode. And if I was to pick my favorite bullockism of the whole show, the one that comes to my mind is when he and uh, Ed are talking about the electrocutioner. And he tells Ed, no, mom, I'm not going to wear my rubbers. Anyway, have a good celebration. And I look forward to hearing the episode. I unfortunately wasn't able to send in my feedback because I was kind of busy this weekend with volunteering at a con. But I know you guys will have a great episode nevertheless. Bye. Thank you so much, Annalise. And again, another great um, bit of bit of thanks, actually. It's really nice of you to say, Annalise. I think uh, I love your bullockism of the entire series. Um, <laughs> I do remember that as well. Uh, and remember laughing away. Uh, to it, there's nothing finer than a good bullockism. Uh, but I think as well, it's it's great to you know, Annalise. We um had had met as over at Heroes and Villains Van Fan Festival for the first time in person. Mm-hmm. Um, and a, you know, a great cosplayer, great costumes. Uh, again, adding just another layer of people's involvement in this great community. So. Great to hear from you, Annalise. Thank you. Absolutely, yes. Wonderful cosplayer, wonderful person, and thanks so much for sending in this feedback. This is uh, so good to hear from you, definitely. Um, our our next piece of feedback comes in from our friends over at Legends of Gotham, John. Ah, Legends of Gotham. Um, the former other podcasters uh, who we met right back at the start of, uh, of Gotham um, did a couple of crossover podcasts, and they've unfortunately ended their time as podcasters on Gotham. They have, they have finished up, but they did come back out of retirement. Yes. Just one last time to say a, a, uh, some words for Gotham TV podcast. Hey, John and Derek. I'm Bill. And I'm Anne-Marie. And uh, we wanted to wish you a happy 100th episode. Now, I know we're your bae, you're before anyone else and everything. We haven't been in touch for a while. This, that's what they means? This, yeah, that's what they means. Yes. <laughs> she just learned it right now. Uh, congratulations. 100th episode scoop. Congratulations, guys. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I know this is kind of like, uh, you know, texting hey what are you up to in x after not talking to them forever but don't worry we're not trying to get with you we understand you guys have your own thing going on we've kind of moved on from gotham too uh so but we love it yeah we're just not podcast you're the gotham podcast we'll be listening to uh this year in season two or season two (laughs) season four but uh congratulations again john and Derek. uh peace out thank you so much uh bill and amory uh peace out indeed um (laughs) It really, really um, is fantastic knowing you. I mean, the, your roundtables that, that we joined you on were really great fun mm-hmm. um, and a hoot to be on. I, I think we were always sort of up at around midnight about to kick off um, and then... 
the coffee had to kick in. Yes. Otherwise, we faded fast. But I think we always kind of made it through. Um, but yeah, I certainly remember one of those early round tables uh, where we had uh, Victoria Cartagena and Andrew Stewart Jones yes. on um, from the the first half of season one doing a quiz, and it was hilarious. Um, yeah. Uh, if you just find that up on, on, on YouTube, go check that one out. As yeah. Well. And yes, we are still your base. Always will Absolutely. be. Absolutely. For anyone else. When I think I just realized what that means as well. <laughs> there you go. I'm so, with you, Anne-Marie. So John is the <laughs> Anne- I'm on a learning curve. John is the Anne-Marie of Gotham TV podcast. Guess that makes me the bill. It does. Yeah. Thanks so, so much, guys. And we have another special bit of feedback um, from uh, someone who we met in episode 11 of Gotham TV podcast. Um, the uh, founder of Gotham Addicts, Candace Kelly. Hey, John and Derek, a.k.a. Gotham TV podcast. This is Candace calling from Gotham Addicts. And I just wanted to give you a big congratulations on your 100th podcast i know it's gonna be awesome because you guys rock see ya thank you so so much candace for um for all uh the feedback there that you gave it's really nice to to hear you again and of course yeah the gotham addicts was uh, and are such a a big uh force in the gotham world huge Um, huge group a huge group there on Facebook doing quiz nights, uh, events, uh, discussions, comments, uh, really, really good. Um, and it's great to hear you, uh, and hear from you, uh, for our hundredth, uh, anniversary. Thank you. Absolutely. Not sure it's our hundredth anniversary yet. That's going to be quite a while away. I'd say we'll probably be dead by a hundred anniversary of our first episode, but a hundred episodes, definitely. hundred episodes. Um, yeah. Yeah. And we are proud to be Gothamatics and have been proud to be since the right back at the beginning. So thanks so much for that, Candice. Always good to hear from you. And we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah. Talk to you again soon. I think we have one more bit of feedback uh, coming in from a new contributor. Yes. Who you may well know from season three of Gotham. I'm very excited about this. Yeah, it's very cool. She has done a great job in her new and older role. That's true. That's true. Yes, Maggie Giha, very, very nice of you to send us in a message for our 100th episode as well. Hey, this is Maggie Gia, otherwise known as Poison Ivy. You're listening to Gotham TV Podcast, and congratulations on 100 episodes. What a star. Thank you so much, Maggie. Yeah, thank you, Maggie. That's really, really kind of you to send in uh, a message there. Uh, it, it means so much that we have been able, I think, uh, and lucky enough to connect uh, with the cast members um, just as much as with the listeners. Um, and it's been a great experience. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, long may it continue. Thank you, Maggie, for, for those kind words. Thank you. Absolutely, yeah. Pleasure, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think it's time to get on to the episode, John. But one other thing, which is really cool, um, we are on episode 21 of season three of Gotham. That's where we're, what we're going to be reviewing on this episode, Destiny Calling. And um, the way, reason we're doing that is because RT in Ireland have split the episodes. They released episode 21 this week, episode 22, the finale will be out next week. Uh, it is also all available on Blu-ray and DVD at the moment and any good or evil 
shop, I suppose, or website. Um, you can go and uh, go and order it for uh, a physical copy of it now. Uh, and it's available on Netflix as of September 1st as well, so you can binge all the way through the episodes. Absolutely. That's where you can find um, the Blu-ray uh, or DVD. Uh, yeah, as you say, Netflix will be shortly showing it. But, of course, you can listen to us discussing all these things over at gothamtvpodcast.com forward slash iTunes uh, for Apple Podcasts or any evil or good podcast catcher. Just search Gotham TV Podcast and subscribe to us, share the love, um, leave a review, tell others, uh, please uh, come and join us um, for the continuation of this journey. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Derek... What are some of the case notes for this spoiler-filled review of Destiny Calling, episode 21 of season 3? Well, this episode was written by Nathan Hope. Uh, he's done three episodes of Gotham so far. Destiny Calling, which is this one, obviously. Uh, Follow the White Rabbit, uh, which featured our favourite journalist, Jervis Tetch. Yes. And also Red Hood. He did yes, that right. I love that one. Yeah, yeah, it was a really good episode. Really, really good episode. bringing in that Joker canon into to Gotham here. You know, is it the Joker or isn't it? It's the early stages, the early years of the Joker, but really good to see, definitely. Absolutely. Uh, and this episode was written by Danny Cannon, our fearless leader. Uh, really good to have him write an episode. Really love when he does this. And um, we have, obviously, the first half of the finale, effectively, is on now. So um, when, it's direct, when it's written by Danny Cannon, you always know it's going to be good, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for the episode? Sure. Gotham City is in turmoil, and so is Jim Gordon. As the Tetch virus rages in, in the people of Gotham, so too it rages through Jim Gordon's veins as he desperately tries to control his deepest, darkest obsession. Harvey Bullock still has faith in his partner, however, and at the GCPD he keeps him investigating, as they, along with Alfred, try to discover more from Bruce Wayne about the Court of Owls and the Shaman. However, there is hope as words of an antidote designed by Professor Strange, based on Jervis Tetch's own blood, reaches them. Several competing factions, Fish and Penguin, Nigma and Barbara, Gordon and Bullock, and a new shadowy organisation race to capture Strange and his vials of the antidote. As the different groups confront one another, Fish is killed by Jim in front of Oswald, and the antidote vials are smashed. Now their only hope is to secure Tetch at Arkham Asylum, but he is snatched up by Butch, Tabitha and Barbara as the Riddler tries to once again kill Oswald. During the riots, Bruce manages to escape his cell at the GCPD and sets out to find the demon's head, followed by Alfred. Bruce finally finds the building to discover the League of Shadows guarding the Lazarus Pit with a man waiting for him who introduces himself as the demon's head, Raz al Ghul. Alfred attempts to rescue a resistant Bruce, but is captured, giving Raz the opportunity to allow Bruce to prove his worth by killing Alfred. Alfred's pleas to Bruce are met with the sharp end of a sword. 
Ooh, ooh, a big moment at the end of this episode, definitely. But even though they worked really hard to get it right on Gotham, John, you still got the name wrong. I was going to say it's Raish, <laughs> I know. Raz, Raish. <laughs> always been Raish. Oh, yeah, always yes. been Raish. It, it was only Christopher Nolan that, that brought in uh, Raz Al Ghul. But I've always called him Raz. I always have, always have. Um, I think it's time to get into our top five notes for the episode. Uh, yeah. Bruce being reunited with Alfred in prison uh, is our first big note of the episode. This was heartbreaking uh, as Alfred gets to sit opposite um, to his young charge uh, after finally tracking him down and finds out that he is fully and totally converted to um, to the shaman's ways. Definitely. like There wasn't even a wink-wink nudge-nudge from Bruce to kind of say, I'm acting here. Mm-hmm. This is all a ploy. He was truly um, under the influence of the shaman's um, techniques uh, and his mind control. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought that made um, this a really, really great scene between Bruce and, and Alfred um, in the prison because their relationship is so good. There's been so many good scenes before um, this episode. And so it really hits home even harder because you have Alfred, uh, you know, really trying to tell him his old history, what he should know, what he should remember and what he should care about. Um, and Bruce really is kind of pretty resistant to all this. And that just makes it even more heartbreaking, really. Um, and I, I think that is so much down to not only um, Sean Pertwee and David Mazous, who um, obviously do a great job, but it's also that on-screen job of making these um, two characters um, so um, invested in by by the audience. Um, like It really is a class act of Gotham, this, this bit. And I thought it made it really... Um, just really the more meaningful. Um, you know, even Alfred pressing Harvey and Jim that, you know, this is Bruce. He doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. You know, he's a good lad kind of thing. Um, really kind of salt the earth down to earth from Alfred as to um, why, you know, they need to give him a chance um, and really try and learn uh, who and what has done this. Uh, now, at this moment in time, all they are, are aware of is the Court of Owls, not this kind of new ninja-laden, uh, shadowy organisation that we see later on in the episodes. Yeah. Like, really a great, great kind of, almost, um, again, a, 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 a stage play scene of them in um, this interrogation interview room in the GCPD precinct. I absolutely love this kind of... Um, scene because it can be so intimate and personal and I, I always find that the writers really um, seem to make such a, a difference because they're constrained by the environment and it really comes down to the dialogue absolutely and certainly in such a simple scene so a great scene for me always with Sean Perkley and Debbie Mazouche together on screen they've always had a really strong um, ability to, to work so well together and play so well off each other. Um, they do have to work really hard on Gotham with scenes like this where there's big moments going on in Bruce's life. Uh, trying to involve the other characters always is, it makes it a bit more difficult because the more the other characters know about him, 
uh, our character outside of Alfred, the more they know about it, and the more it kind of bleeds into, well, how could Jim know about this when it's the it's the young Batman? He would have been able to put two and two together years ago if he knew that Bruce was being was dealing with the demon's head or something like that. So, um, so they worked really hard in this episode for in a number of times to make sure that you know Jim and Harvey were helpful. They're still police officers; they know who Bruce is, yet they're not the ones tracking him down. Um, and in fact, there is a point when. Uh, when Alfred goes it alone to go into the Demon's Head's building uh, and make sure that everybody else is is away, effectively. So whatever goes on inside there will stay between Alfred and Bruce. Yeah. Maybe just Bruce alone after the end of this episode, though. Well, absolutely. Um, yes. Does that mean we go on to our second note? Definitely. Maybe. Yes. Yes. There's a cure. There is. And Ted has it in his blood. You know... We had a bit of a moment last last episode on episode twenty where I had said there will definitely be a cure for Jim Gordon and uh, and for uh, Leslie Tompkins and you were kind of surprised didn't really want that to happen that quickly I think yes. you were I was enjoying the chaos of the the train rolling past on fire and like I didn't know we were going there I thought if we were going to the opening of the episode uh, which is the best opening it is of Gotham so far. As the old woman comes into the bank, saying she wants her money back, takes out her gun, shoots at the cashier, and then they go outside, and the uh, yeah, the fiery train rolls past. My favourite moment of that scene is the young um, the young Girl Scouts chasing down a police <laughs> officer, going buy our cookies, buy our cookies. The the fantastic. absolutely the madness of the opening was fantastic with the old lady obsessed with her savings account, mm-hmm. and the the Girl Scouts and the cookies, the train. On fire in flames, rolling on along the the High Line, or in New, uh, oh sorry, in Gotham, I should say. Yeah. Um, and I loved that. And I think actually, um, you really got a sense of Gotham uh, in, in chaos here. And even the Riddler uh, can't help but recognize the beauty of it all. And and the 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 course of hours really put on a good show. Like it was superb. But I have to say, in the end, I stand corrected, as probably I always am. <laughs> the fact that it came from Professor Strange and that he was developing it, okay, I could get on board with that yes. completely. If it had come from Lucius Fox, um, I would have been, they they went there, they did that. Right. I wouldn't have wanted that to to happen. I do like um, that Harry references in a line and says and says, You have the cure, don't you, Lucius? And he says, No. Um I know the Professor Strange is working on it. And yeah. That's a direction for you as to where you might be able to find it, but I don't have the cure myself. And I, I think that it made it more believable. Yes. And, and because again, Professor Strange, uh, played by BD Wong, ha- has you know really been put across in Gotham as someone who will play both sides, cover his back, and think of all eventualities and make sure he is ready for them. So it made sense to me. And in, and the fact that it came from Jervis Tetch's blood, um, I think that was that was pretty sweet, actually. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. I, I did think that the force is strong in this family and <laughs> that the connection between Jervis and Alice's uh, bloody... Uh, innards uh, and what's coursing through their veins I like the fact that there were probably uh, either two sides of the same coin or whether it's the same and 
Strange has managed to isolate something within within the blood. Um, but yeah, it's so one, it's one of those things. Maybe the the Tetch family blood is what makes it more powerful, or makes it um, makes it better uh, when you're trying to synthesize it. Uh, you do need that to keep it at bay, I suppose. Definitely, because um, because Alice wasn't mad. Alice had the virus inside of her and passed it on to other people. She wasn't crazy herself. No, absolutely. Unlike Jervis Tetch. Unlike Jervis Tetch. Um, but. <laughs> Yes, but it does lead to our third point. Absolutely. Once you have the antidote on the table, you have this really interesting rat race uh, to go and find it, where a bunch of people in the city are now looking for it for different reasons. Definitely. This was like, um, I loved it. It it was like wacky races to me. I was (laughs) expecting Penelope Pitstop to uh, pop up at some point because it was just the fact that literally everyone was trying to find this antidote. Mm -hmm. They were all trying to find Professor Strange to begin with. And who gets there first? But Fish. Mm -hmm. Um, Who swipes him beforehand in in The Witch Must Burn, I think, that episode at the start of this season. So she's she's on fine form here, uh, making sure... She she gets ahead of of the curve really. Absolutely, um, it's just a great moment when she bumps into Strange at the uh, yeah. at the train station. He's just oh no! Um, <laughs> he realizes yeah. how screwed he is when Fish gets in contact with him. Um, and I think it was just all these different people, organizations after um, Professor Strange, and mm-hmm. it, it leads to some some really nice little face offs. Like we have the face off between Fish. Um, in, in at the train station and she calls upon Mr. Fry's, Dr. Fry's yes. and um, as well Firefly to stop uh, Jim who has another one of his turns. I actually do feel sorry for Jim here trying to control this the virus in his blood because, um, and poor Harvey, I have to say Harvey Bullock in this episode was fantastic yes. as well because... You literally didn't know what Jim was going to do because he was alternating between veiny Jim uh, and <laughs> non-veiny Jim. Uh, like the the moment where Jim rips off the the car door where they're trying to get back on track after uh, Professor Strange uh-huh. was hilarious, really, really good, absolutely. Um, but of course. Especially with her going, no, I'm going to drive. You sit in the office. You just ripped the door off. Like, and I, I think like that was the, they were the two main kind of factions, the GCPD one and the fish one that were going after it. But you did have, um, Barbara and the Riddler, uh, really trying to get their hands on, on this antidote. Uh-huh. Once, uh, the Riddler had surmised that there was one out there and it was going to be Professor Strange after Barbara really was trying to get hold of it so she could maintain her position as the king or the queen pin of, of, of Gotham. <laughs> and like, and I, I mean, she almost had a little bit of a hissy fit actually at the Riddler because his mind was still on, I must get mm-hmm. Oswald. I must kill him. Whereas Barbara was... I really want you to help me. And this means that we can control Gotham if we have the antidote, um, ultimately. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she so, does have a point. She does effectively, she's saying to him, this is the best opportunity I possibly have to take over the city. No matter whether you kill Oswald or not, I'm never going to get a better opportunity. So you have to help me out in this, which I really liked. Yeah, I liked that they were teaming up for that reason. It was quite cool. Um, but then we also have the 
the fourth grouping here, which is the the ninjas that pop up. Mm. And, and I suppose this leads us on to our fourth case note, because we then have another great confrontation uh, in this big warehouse where all the ninjas come out to play. Um, and uh, yes, so long and thank you for the fish, because this confrontation gets tragic. It gets emotional. It certainly does. Uh, and it gets knifey. And we have actually... It, it mirrors what comes later where we have fish run through with a sword with one of the katanas of the ninja. Um, but this time, it's from a veiny gym. Yes, yes. It's very sad that we, uh, that we are losing fish mooning here. Yeah, I, I mean, the only... Just back. I just really think her screen presence and her swagger is fantastic in this. And I really wish that... And after her disappearance from the the second episode for that long time, I wish there had been something uh, in that intervening time that was a bit more fleshed out um, because she's popped back and reconnected with Oswald, saving him from the Riddler previously. Uh, And I just want to see her on screen more. And so it, it was a, it was an emotional Goodbye and RIP for Fish, I yeah, think, here. Definitely. definitely. Really, really good uh, to see her back on here. I guess those those bits are possibly going to be covered in future tie-in books or maybe some flashbacks maybe, in the future maybe. Uh, to keep her alive. But, um, yeah, it was it was a shocking kind of way for, for the character of Fish to go. It was the last time she went, it was at the hands of Oswald pushing her off a building to claim he was now king of Gotham. Uh, this time to be... Um, to be struck by mistake, effectively by Jim. Um, you know he wouldn't have he wouldn't have killed her if he wasn't uh, under the influence of the touch virus. Yeah, and I think he thought she was a ninja, but I uh, as well. I like it was kind of almost by by reflex. Yeah. But for me, the most interesting thing is that um, Oswald's old friend may not be his old friend for much longer. And no. um, I, I think the fact that Oswald was the um, was a really great bookend to the fish character in, in this world of Gotham, and uh, the fact that he saw him, him like Jim, kill her. Um, I suspect their friendship it, it will be um, strained at best, if non-existent at worst. Yeah, and and Oswald will devote uh, quite a bit of time to trying to make Jim pay. For, for this, to be honest. Very, very likely. Uh, yes, yeah, sad, <coughs> sad to see Fish go. Uh, unfortunately, she's not going to be around any longer. Um, can we go on to the last point? I think we can. Can we go on to point five? Because this is quite a big moment, really. Bringing this is in. massive. Yeah, so it's effectively... The there are so many Easter eggs in that Lazarus pit mm-hmm. popping out. Um, but that's kind of one of them in the first place. It certainly um, is. The demon's head is Rachel Ghoul, is, is our final point. Uh, we finally see Rachel Ghoul um, in the show. This is kind of a very big moment. So the first element of it is, as John mentioned, there is the Lazarus pit lying in wait as, uh, as Bruce arrives. You can tell by that glowing light in there. Yeah. Um, this is how Ray Al Ghul has maintained his life over many, many centuries, effectively, in comic books. He's, he continually goes and regenerates himself within a Lazarus pit. 
um, hinting possibly for the future of some of the characters for this episode. Uh, there's a possibility of what may happen for them here. But just seeing it in there was really cool. The fact that we have him called the demon's head like he is in the comics, uh, the fact that he's called Ra's al Ghul correctly uh, in the show, they're doing a good job with this character. <laughs> Unlike myself. Um, yeah, Raz was great. Um, I loved Raz. Uh, I mean, Raish. Uh, yeah, I mean, you have the ninjas, the League of Shadows, um, you have the the mystical um, oriental sort of influences here, Sorry. which I, I think are really good, you know, but not even just necessarily Asian, but even sort of Persian, um, Indian, all this kind of really exotic feel to it, um, really mystical, otherworldly to an extent, um, certainly compared to Gotham. Uh, and really very cool to see um, these re- coming to fruition in, in Gotham. And it really is, you know, very close to the canon of it all in terms yeah. of the things that they're showing here. Um, yes, and, and just one of the things, I suppose, is that I know Bruce goes off for a few years to travel around the world to get training. Um, this, that story's changed a few times as, well, as to how he got the training. Uh, one of the elements of it is that he does meet uh, Ra's al Ghul, who trains him uh, yeah. to be a member of the League of Assassins or the League of Shadows, depending on uh, which storyline you're following. Um, but it was never that Ra's came to Gotham and met Bruce and picked him up or anything like that. But it's great to see these two characters kind of meeting now in this, as we've been calling it, the kind of uh, this alternate universe version of Bruce and this alternate universe version of Gotham uh, where the villains are coming out. It's great to see the two characters meet in the show at this stage. Definitely. And uh, like Raish here, you know, talks about his longevity, that he's an old man, he's wise and that Bruce is really his successor, or he sees Bruce as his successor. There's mm-hmm. something about Bruce, um, the way he walks, the way he talks, the way he holds his swagger, um, no doubt. It's the <laughs> second time I've used that word. But really that, um, yeah, uh, Raisha has really spotted Bruce as being the, the person that can take over from him uh, as the head of the League of Shadows yeah. uh, and, and and do and carry out their work in maintaining order. Um, so th- this is really, I mean, this is a lot of possibilities moving forward, which is absolutely cool. Um, but Alfred uh, gets in the way here uh, and Raish takes the opportunity after Alfred's been uh, captured to... To allow Bruce to prove his loyalty and his worth to the League of Shadows by um, killing Alfred. And much in the same way as Fish, uh, he gets a sword through him. Yes, absolutely. Alfred has been stabbed once again. No doubt we'll end up in a hospital if he survives the wound. Because that looked pretty gruesome. It pretty brutal. Really? Um, and I wonder if... That expression on Bruce at the end was him almost being jolted out of the mind control by the fact of him doing that and, and just the expression on Alfred's face. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with you. I think there might be a clue in the fact that they're right beside the Lazarus pit. But would, oh, yeah. would Bruce <laughs> have clue? Yeah. But would Bruce have known that that's what it was going to do? I don't think so. Um he had that moment of realization, I think, after he stabbed Alfred, that is, as you say, what jolted him out of 
uh, of his control, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so he didn't know that this would have been a way to save him. So perhaps uh, Raish will do a good deed for for our Bruce. Uh, Raish is an interesting character in the, in the books. He's kind of got a, he's got a belief system. Um, that he believes is the right way yeah. to do things and tries to convince other people of the right way to do things the way he does them. So um, so it, it wouldn't necessarily see an innocent die for no reason. Um, he's kind of okay with cities burning and cities falling because... Yeah. It's a nice guy like that. No, because in his mind, uh, it's the city has the city is not innocent. I suppose. Um, whereas Alfred, the butler of Bruce, um, not sure whether he'll see them as a as a an innocent or a threat or not. So, uh, so we will see on next week's episode. He's a threat to his relationship with Bruce. That's, That's where the threat lies. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, John, you had an interesting suggestion about the Lazarus Pit. Yes. In episode two of season one, there was a green glow that came from um, the sort of the manhole cover or the drain cover um, connected. I can't remember the name of the pharmaceutical company now, um, but it it had a big G, green G. Mm and I was convinced that it was Killer Croc down there, or That's it right. was the the goo that was going to form Killer Croc um, down in the pit. Because I say pit, but that's where they put the children, and I thought they were feeding the kids to to Killer Croc. Yes, um, but obviously then we got uh, the doll maker, um, mm-hmm. and it was it it came to to pass that it wasn't Killer Croc, unfortunately. But now I was wondering, is that green glow for episode two, season one, could that have been the Lazarus Pit? It is uh, Ra's al Ghul's tendrils that have gone through into um, the Court of Owls. Has it gone through into a number of different organisations or companies in Gotham? Because obviously there's the pharmaceutical, but there was also the global shipping kind of transport company that all led ultimately I think in season two to um the the doll maker dollmaker yes. Dr. Dollmaker. Very interesting, yeah. Definitely I wondered checking out if it was that. It probably isn't, but hey, it's a nice little crazy little bit of speculation. A nice way to close it out on our top five, definitely. Um, bullockisms of the week. You know, we've been having our bullock competition now for uh, for quite a while, for um, for all of this season, so all 22 episodes of this season. Um, so we've chosen one bullockism of the week. There were many in this episode. Yeah. Um, really just like the uh, t- him saying to Jim, uh, just don't shoot any innocent bystanders or me. Especially me, uh, just after he gives Jim his gun back. Uh, great little bow from uh, from Bullock. Um, Absolutely. Always looking out for number one, Harvey Bullock, um, but not his liver. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, our Bullockism of the Week competition will end on episode 22 of our show. We'll be pulling out a winner for uh, for our prize pack. As we mentioned on last week's episode, that will include the Blu-ray of Gotham Season 3, so you can rewatch all of the episodes of Gotham uh, on Season 3. Um, it will also include Harvey Bullock, Vinyl Pop, plus uh, the base cards for Gotham Season 1 trading cards. But you may have to wait for those because our Harvey Bullock has gone on a little bit of a world trip. Um, he is traveling at the moment. He'll be uh, He'll be with us. Uh, our Harvey Bullet Pop will be with us by October. Um, so the winner of the prize will have to wait a little bit of time, but we promise we'll get it to you. Yes, we uh, will. In time, um, early October, once we, uh, once we announce the winner. 
Yeah. And of course, I would give this four and a half Lazarus Pits out of five. Yes. Yes. Good For me, episode. I thought the introduction of uh, Rej al Ghul, aka Raz al Ghul, was, um, it was a great bit of um, comic legend canon coming and being introduced. And certainly, obviously, the ending with, with Bruce. Uh, thrusting the sword through through uh, Alfred was, was fantastic. Certainly given the interview and the attempt by Alfred to try and get Bruce to come back yeah, from wherever the shaman sends him within his head, it really added a depth to, uh, uh, to, to that emotional sort of fracture uh, of, of Bruce running his, his friend, his guardian, his butler, uh, Alfred, through uh, with the sword. I think as well, you know, Fish has been there from the start. I've absolutely loved her uh, as a character. Uh, she has so much presence and it was fitting to see Oswald uh, sort of, uh, as she slipped off uh, into the, the next life. Uh, it was great having Oswald there at that moment. And, um, you know, and I think all this... The antidote, the rage, and the whole rat race aspect of it. I thought it was a really good episode uh, of Gotham. Uh, and, yeah, such a good episode, this one, for, for sure. I think one of the strong ones of this season, uh, just what they they managed to get into this episode. I, I have to say the balance in this episode was really interesting for me because it started out with me crying laughing yeah. at a train on fire and Girl Scouts chasing down a police officer um, to the end with Alfred uh, getting run through with a sword. And it was it's a huge kind of balancing act to get a show like that right. Gotham gets it right on, on many, many occasions and it's done so again in this episode. That's really cool. Yeah. So on to some feedback from some of our listeners. Uh, and of course, just to remind everyone, you can send in feedback uh, by email. Just go to feedback at gothamtvpodcast.com. Mm-hmm. You can leave a voicemail of up to 90 seconds long. Just go to gothamtvpodcast.com and click on the right-hand side tab to leave your voicemail. Or you can join us over on the Gotham TV Podcast Facebook group. Just go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Gotham TV Podcast. Well done. Well remember, John. Um, our, our first piece of feedback comes from Monica Jones, all the way from the US. She says, I'm here by the way of Legends of Gotham. Uh, when they were shutting down at the end of the season, they told us all about you guys and what else could make Gotham better than two Irish accents. Uh, I rewatched the episode as a refresher to share my thoughts and not get too far ahead of myself. There's one twist in particular I'm excited for you to get to next week. And that's all I'll say about that. The two Harvey Bullock lines that stuck out to me were, yes, I'm blaming it on the butler, and <laughs> just don't shoot any bystanders. So same as ourselves. Um, thoughts about the episode while watching? Um, says Monica, we see Ed and Barbara wearing the same colours, which confused me, uh, but I think it's to highlight that they, that they aren't a team. Uh, Bruce is breaking my heart, tearing into Alfred in that interrogation room. Why did Jim and Harvey just stand around behind the ice wall like they can't go back the way they came? <laughs> Pretty good point, Monica. Absolutely. Um, says Gotham's SWAT are really easy to dodge. Bruce doesn't even fully hide behind the wall. He leaves his shoulders sticking out. <laughs> oh, no. 
do yeah. with that in Gotham. Strike Force has really gone downhill, I think, <laughs> since uh, Captain Bonds went AWOL. And since most of them got killed, I suppose. Um, uh, yes. Yes, I guess most of the Strike Force have But Strike Force came back later on this season, or at least the name. Yeah. The name did, yes, but a lot of the, uh, the elite cadets that were picked for it, um, unfortunately were lost. So you get less and less elite cadets these days, unfortunately. Um, and Monica finishes with, and the final scene, rip my heart out and stomp on it. Luckily, uh, where there's a Ra's al Ghul pool, there's hope. Oh, nice, Ra's al Ghul pool. Yeah. Good. Um, or Ra's al Ghul pool. Cool. You see, now I'm doing it. Thanks, John. Um, Monica says, looking forward to your thoughts on this week's episode. Uh, thanks so much for your feedback. Yeah, thank you, Monica, for, for the feedback. Yeah. Absolutely. And thanks for coming over from, uh, from Legends of Gotham. They will always be our friends. We'll always have them on board. If ever they want to sit down for a while and have a chat about a Gotham episode, we'll always have them with us. Absolutely. Definitely. Our next piece of feedback comes in from Claire on voicemail. So much to talk about in this episode. I love the opening of this episode with the crazy lady in the bank and the train thundering through Gotham on fire. Fish intercepting Hugo Strange at the train station was a great moment, especially as he was desperate to leave Gotham. Fish's plan to gain control of the antidote is a perfect way for her to get back control of Gotham. The way Jim controls the virus within him is great and he knows the more he uses the strength of it, the more it will gain control of him. I really like the way Harvey also helps Jim and reminds him to be careful. Of course, Strange and Fish enjoy the moment seeing Jim infected. One of my favourite moments of this episode is Oswald getting revenge back on Professor Strange. We learn how it felt to be tortured while Oswald was in Arkham, even though Hugo calls it therapy. I love how Oswald reminds Strange what he did also to his children and with Hugo refusing to give the whereabouts of the antidote he very confidently asks are you going to torture me and Pagan answers very enthusiastically okay of course naturally Oswald had to have the same torture device which he uses on Strange even though he agreed to tell Oswald and Fish where his supply of antidote is BD Wong and Robin Law Taylor are so good together in this scene actually every senior they have ever done together. Rachel Gu is certainly a demon not to be messed with. I don't know a lot about this character, so it'll be interesting to see how he will control brainwashed Bruce. Horrific scene of Bruce putting a sword through Alfred Sternum makes Bruce snap out of his brainwashed world and realise he may have just killed the one person who loves him. Lee turning up at the sirens and taking out Butch was also a fun moment, especially as Lee wants to rip off Barbara's head. I think it's going to be an incredibly interesting finale to season three. Many thanks, Claire. Thanks so much for the feedback, Claire. That's really good. Uh, really good, interesting insight in there. Uh, we forgot to talk about Oswald and Fish working together to uh, to get the information out of Professor Strange. Uh, that little moment where we have a little kind of flashback to Oswald um, getting abused or getting tortured by Professor Strange, where he has the opportunity to take that piece of equipment and finally get his revenge. Absolutely. Cool. And you got those really cool... Um, effects as well as he fires up the 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 machine to to extract his revenge and mm-hmm. some information from professor strange yeah. even though yeah i think the information is secondary for for oswald he so. just wants to make uh professor strange uh pay yes definitely but i wonder will this make professor strange more unhinged okay he's unhinged Sorry, or not even that he's unhinged. It's that 
you know, he plays both sides. He will sell his, um, his experience, his expertise and knowledge to the highest bidder and always make sure that he's covered. That's smart. And that's kind of almost like a regular criminal. Yeah. But will this machine turn him into more of the kind of mad scientist aspect that you can get from Professor Strange as well? Possibly. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, like, will it leave a lasting impression on him and, and, and really push him more towards, um, the evil side of the spectrum of of Batman and Gotham villains, you know? Absolutely. It'd be interesting to see if there's any consequence for this. Yeah, yeah, it'd be really interesting. And Professor Strange is one of my favourite characters. And seeing him with uh, Oswald Calipod is always really interesting. As you say, Claire, having Biddy Wong and Robin Lord Taylor on stage together, on screen together, uh, is always, always interesting. Uh, thanks so much for that feedback. It's really, really yeah, cool. Thank you it. so much, Claire. And you are right. It's going to be a fascinating finale next week. Mm. Really looking forward to it. Thanks. I cannot wait for that. Absolutely. Thanks for all the feedback. As John said, all you need to do is email us over at feedback at gothamtvpodcast.com or you can do exactly what the guys um, who contributed to this episode for a voicemail. You can do exactly what they did. Uh, you can go to our website at gothamtvpodcast.com, click on the send voicemail button and you get up to 90 seconds to leave your thoughts. We always love hearing from you. Send in your thoughts for the finale next week. Looking forward to it. Uh, thank you so much. Yes. One final piece since it's our hundredth episode. Um, we did have an, uh, an interview that went up on dcworld.org, uh, this week, uh, conducted by Claire, um, which went up. It was a really fun interview. Yeah. Um, and we wanted to leave you with a little bit of that. Since we're podcasters, we obviously recorded the interview. Uh, we have cleared it with Claire, but, um, here is, uh, about two or three minutes of the interview that we did. Um, Claire conscientiously, um, turned it into a really interesting article, but, uh, but you're going to get the slightly less interesting version, uh, but it is just talking. Um, this is when Claire asked us which of us is the driving force behind the podcast and which kind of kicked us off to begin with. Mm, that's an interesting one. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm I'm probably the podcast listener um, of the two yeah. of us at the time. Anyway, um, yeah. I'd been I started out listening to a podcast called The Walking Dead Cast, um, which mm-hmm. is uh, which is based around obviously Walking Dead, uh, another one of my favorite comic books. Um, and after listening to it for about two years, I was kind of going, "These guys, the people who are doing it, Jason and Karen, who are the podcasters, are." really easy chatting they're really easy to chat yeah, about stuff and you can tell they have a relationship where they're both kind yeah. of geeky about certain things and they can have a discussion and argue with each other and fight and find a balance between them on a podcast so after this for two years i was kind of going i like to talk i'm a bit nerdy john likes to talk a lot <laughs> and he's a bit nerdy i like to nerdy. ramble probably um i was like we could do this we could do this let's find an opportunity um agents of shield came along the TV show in uh, 2013. Yeah. yeah. And we had talked for two and a half months before that show aired about whether we would podcast about it and hadn't yeah. done anything at all and missed the opportunity. So, so what I decided was the next, the next opportunity we have for a comic book related property coming up, we're going to jump on board and we're going to start our podcast before anybody else gets word of this. Uh, and then the perfect opportunity came up. So 2013 was the year that The Dark Knight Rises was released, right? Uh, yeah. And the following February is when a proper confirmation that we were getting Gotham was happening. So February yeah. 2014. We released our first podcast on the 3rd of March 2014. <laughs> 
So one month after the announcement of Gotham, uh, Ben McKenzie was the only member of the cast that had been cast at that stage. As yeah. John said, we followed him on Twitter immediately, saw his first post about saying he's been cast in Gotham with a list of comic books that he was interested in. And that kicked us off for seven months worth of, uh, of podcasting in preparation yeah. for a show we didn't see one moment of until uh, five months into the podcast, I think. Four months into the podcast. But which also probably got us the entry via Warner Brothers into New York Comic Con. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimate, ultimately, because um, we were probably along with Gotham Addicts as a fan page at the time, were sort of the two kind of initial kind mm-hmm. of fan stuff that had had started. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, for me, in terms of podcasting, I came to podcasting effectively through through Derek, um, <clears throat> and. Uh, yeah, I mean, certainly he was the driver on Gotham, but I was also then got very keen and so on. Um, I always liked kind of doing the images mm-hmm. and stuff, um, doing that kind of... The, quite a creative person. The, the images and, yeah. and, of course, obviously talking. And, I mean, the editing is a complete nightmare, although I have to put my hands up, like, with me and editing, I like just dropped off and off and off. Uh, to the hence why Derek ultimately is, you know, also primarily the producer, I suppose now um, on that. And I keep saying to him, "Oh, I need to come back in," and then doesn't really want to. It doesn't really pan out that way. But I, I do definitely need to. But I love the process of, of podcasting. I kind of really got on board with it. Um, I mean, to the extent that I did do that, um, unfortunately, I was late to it. And again, it was another learning exercise, but like with Hannibal season three, I um, unfortunately missed the first two seasons. And um, again, it's you kind of have to be there at the time, really. Um, but there's a lot of other ideas that I have for wanting to do other podcasts. Yeah. But of course, with just two of us, um, oh, and the same with Derek as well. Um, but with with just the two of us um yeah i suppose it's you know it's just time it's balancing and juggling yeah. all, all the time and yeah. other commitments family wanna, work friends we also want to make sure that, that if we're podcasting we're making the best show we possibly can um you know between between the two of us or between the three of us when we have our third or even fourth podcast host uh, around um we always want to make sure that we deliver something that we would listen to um is probably yeah. my that's probably my my guide. Um, you make decisions over time based on that, whether it's to cut the show from a two-hour weekly podcast to a 40-minute tight conversation where you get out all your points in, uh, which yeah. is one of the decisions we've definitely made over over the time. Um, and then there's other times when you go, well, look, it's a big event. Let's let's have a full three-hour three hour full-blown conversation yeah. because uh, because it's the right thing to do yeah. for that particular thing that we, yeah. we probably will never talk about again. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, no, I think we both love to podcast, but certainly, um, I think Derek had the, the germ of the idea. Um, he got me more into podcasting, sort of, and certainly listening to them. Um, mm-hmm. he, he was the, the driving force there. Apparently, I'm the on screen talent. 
That's right. That's right. And thanks but, so much for the interview yeah. on DC World. Really good of them to uh, to publish that for in time for our hundredth episode. Absolutely. Thank you to everyone over at DC World, and in particular Claire. Thank you for a, a great uh, conversation and yeah. chit chat. And I suppose ultimately interview uh, with us. It was really relaxed, um, and we certainly gave you a lot of material. <laughs> we was, know how to talk. It was <laughs> over two hours, so condensing that into uh, into an interesting uh, interview. Uh, well done, good job. Uh, thanks very much for joining us. We'll be back next week for the season finale of Gotham season three, episode twenty-two. Absolutely. Remember, subscribe to Gotham TV podcasts. Um, leave a review share the love um and yeah it has as always been great uh speaking with you and we will speak again with you next time yes for 101 yeah 101 <laughs> gotham tv podcast 101 which is the dc world interview <laughs> yes okay thanks everyone for listening thank you so much and we'll speak with you next time bye now bye Butch supporter. Butch loves you, baby.